want Bearcats. I, I love the Bearcats. I like Luke Fickle. He brings the table. I like Bearcats. Lock in mid post. Great spin move. Reverse layup. Oh, oh. And it's good for Victor Lockett. What a move. Looked like Bill Walton out there. On back to throw. Looking. Scrambling. Passes. Intercepted at the goal line. The Bearcats have the football. Sauce Gardner picking off the pass as Cincinnati denies Notre Dame in the red zone. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. To Julius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. Double tight ends in for Cincinnati. Ritter will hand it off. Jerome Ford bouncing it to the left. There he goes. To the 30. Pulling away like Secretariat at the Belmont. Touchdown. Bearcats as Jerome Ford takes it to the house to give Cincinnati a three-score lead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Go Bearcats podcast. I'm your host, Brandon, and we have a very exciting episode here for you today, bringing on John Neighbors uh, from the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, and he's also the host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz. Uh, we're going to welcome him into the show here in just a minute to break down everything uh, there is to talk about about the, the Razorbacks. You see Arkansas this Saturday, September 3rd at 3.30. Before we bring him on, you know we have to do Beer the Podcast. I found this one at the Delhi Liquor Store the other day, and uh, I, I just bought the, the last six-pack that I could. Uh, this is Black Cat's Light from Wiedemann, right? So a light lager, 3.5%. So you can chug a lot of them during a tailgate. It's The art is amazing. Red and black stripes all over it, field goal post. It is in celebration of the UC Bearcats football team. Is it an official beer? No, absolutely not. But again, this is a another Bearcats-themed beer. I'll be sipping on this throughout the, the uh, episode and throughout the interview with John. It is crisp, light, and very crushable, to say the least. So... Look out for it, uh, and if you are not traveling to Fayetteville this weekend, I certainly want to invite you to the Delhi Liquor Store Tap Room this Saturday. This beer will be on tap. Uh, we also are going to have $2 Trulies for the game, and uh, it is the Go Beer Cats official watch party place. I will be behind the bar myself throughout the whole game, uh, so... $3 pints of Black Cats from Wiedemann, $2 Truly Cans, Twisted Greek food truck will be there uh, for kickoff and, and throughout the evening. Uh, if you've never had or been privileged enough to have Twisted Greek food truck, uh, it's worth coming out just to have them. The food is amazing. Uh, you can find out more information on, on Facebook and Twitter, wherever, every place that uh, you can find me. And I will be sure to put the link for that Facebook uh, event in the show notes as well. So I'd love to have you come out to the Delhi Liquor Store in the tap room. It's around back behind the liquor store, three big garage doors, two TVs. Uh, hard to miss once you pull in uh, around behind the liquor store. Come see me. Get some Greek food. It's delicious. Plenty of beer deals. And Bearcats football will be back. Other than that, 
I don't have much here for you. Apologize for taking a, a week or so off. Logistics got in the way uh, with school starting back up. So we're back. We're ready. We have John Neighbors, and he's ready to break down the Arkansas football team for you. Here we go. All right, Bearcats fans, we have a very special guest joining us today, just really a week out before the Bearcats take on the Razorbacks. We have uh, Mr. John Neighbors with us, the host of Locked On Razorbacks podcast and host of Out of Bounds on 103.7 The Buzz. John, welcome into Go Bearcats podcast. How's it going? It's going great, man. Looking forward to this weekend for sure. After a week zero here, we can say that college football is officially back even though it got kicked off in Ireland, uh, I was great. To, uh, it was great for me to see it on, on the television. How about you? Yeah. I mean, it was like just feeling great once again to have college game day going on in the morning and, you know, being able to switch on ESPN stations or Fox stations or, or CBS, whoever, and just see college football pretty much from beginning to end. It was almost like, uh, like it, I don't want to call it like a preseason because obviously there were a lot of teams that played in week zero that you probably take offense to that. But I mean, it's it's kind of the nice little warm up before we get into a lot of the the big games between big teams and the top ranked teams and all of that. So it was great to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you are uh, you're you're a very busy guy, it seems like here. So can you tell us um, just for you know the listeners, if they are. Uh, wanting to find out more about you or, or hear uh, more of your side of the things on social media or other places, where can uh, Go Beer Cats listeners find you? Yeah, essentially it's at, uh, at Buzz John Neighbors is my Twitter, Instagram handle, every handle that I have. And it's Neighbors is actually spelled N-A-B-O-R-S, not the way no, most people would actually spell it. So, but yeah, that's kind of where I do all my stuff just via social media. You can find me anywhere on that. Awesome. So we are we are here to, to talk about the uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks, a team that I'm sure most Bearcats fans are not that familiar with, even though they certainly are uh, in the SEC. There's a lot of talk about them wherever you uh, you find your your sporting news. Uh, but I want to I want to take a dive in here. I want you to sort of walk us through the team, sort of expectations, and, and maybe uh, what it might be like. Uh, next Saturday for the Bearcats fans going down to Arkansas for the game? Well, the thing is, is that Arkansas is actually they'll have as bad of high of an expectation this year as they've had in a while because they had a really bad stretch of football, uh, really from 2017 to 2020. Uh, it, it was really challenging. Uh, the Chad Morris era was really bad. It went four and eight, two and 10, two and 10, and then three and seven in the COVID year. So they went a long time without having a winning season where they were able to have success pretty much the entire 2000s and the early part of the 20, uh, 2010s. And so they've been used to having ups and downs and times where they've uh, been down, but it took them a while to get back to this point. And now Sam Pittman proved last year, going nine and four in his second year as a head coach, that uh, he is perfectly capable of not only competing as a head coach in the SEC, but also winning a lot of games. And so this year, Sam Pivin returns with his two coordinators, Barry Odom and Kendall Bryles. He returns with his starting quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. He returns four of his five offensive linemen. He returns his entire running back group. He returns uh, pretty much uh, a secondary that 
has a preseason All-American in Jalen Catalan and a guy like Bumper Pool, who's also a preseason first-team All-SEC player. He returns a lot of guys. He's added a lot of guys, and there is a lot of expectation coming up uh, for this team, and that's what makes this game against Cincinnati so important is because Arkansas has got a really tough schedule in front of them, and Cincinnati's coming off of, the obviously, the college football playoff berth. Uh, this is one that's it's going to be an interesting game, but Razorback fans are really confident that they'll be able to uh, take care of business in week one. All right here. So you, you you hit on a lot of stuff there. So let's let's rewind here for a minute, if you will. So last season, uh, 2021, uh, Arkansas finishes nine and four, uh, ranked 21st in the final AP poll, uh, and they beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, a nice way to cap off the season. Uh and then, if I'm not mistaken, they they peaked at number eight or seven or eight in the AP poll uh, about halfway through the season, and then seems like they obviously turned it around for the end of the season. Uh, and then you kind of hit it on it already. It, it looks, it sounds to me like a lot of last year's team is back again here for 2022. Yeah, essentially. I mean, last year, Arkansas had the hardest schedule without question in the country because not only did they have to play in the SEC West, but they had to play at Georgia and at Alabama, the two teams that were in the national championship game last year. They had to play at Ole Miss, the third best team in the SEC. Uh, I mean, they had a really tough stretch on it. And so they started strong, they ended strong, but that middle part where they lost to Georgia, uh, they lost to Auburn, lost to Ole Miss, those are really tough games that uh, once they hit the bye week later in the year, they turned it around and really started playing at a better level. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing where they've just been able to maintain keeping their guys and keeping their players, and then most importantly, the coaches. Because, you know, when you have success at a place like Arkansas, and especially if you have coordinators that are really good, people are going to start coming for them for not only head coaching positions, but possibly, uh, you know, coordinator positions at, quote, bigger jobs. And Arkansas was able to maintain those guys and keep them. So there's a lot of continuity on this team. Obviously, a lot of it relies on them staying healthy, but it seems like Sam Pittman entering into year three has really something building as far as a foundation at Arkansas. It's just a matter of continuing to make it grow. Okay, so uh, you uh, you kind of you mentioned being in the in the SEC West uh, in the preseason media poll, and people uh, you know never put too much stock in them, but it's fun to talk about until you go out and prove it, I guess. But Arkansas was picked third in the SEC West behind Alabama and Texas A&M. Does that seem right for this year's team, or what was the sort of reaction when the when that poll came out? I think that's about right. Uh, most people, at least in Arkansas, were fine with that because, you know, you're not going to beat Alabama. You know, you're just they're, – they're the top of the top. And then the A&M angle, I think potentially they could – but there's kind of a stigma uh, in the SEC about Texas A&M is they just love going eight and four. You know, every year they're supposed to be better, supposed to have all this talent, supposed to have all this, that, and the other. And they end up having a good season, but just not to the level that they think. So, I mean, there's potential for Arkansas to possibly creep into that second position. Now, there's the uncertainty about LSU. You know, how are they going to do with Brian Kelly in his first year? They got a lot of talent. What about Ole Miss? They lost everybody from last year's team, even the coaches. Uh, you know, are they going to be able to bounce back in any sort of way? What about, uh, you know, Auburn and all that mess that they have going on there? Like they could go five and seven. They could go 10 and two just because it's such a weird place. Uh, Mississippi State's got a lot of guys returning, but at the same time, like, you know, is Mississippi State going to win 10 games in this conference? Don't think so. So there's just a lot of uncertainty. I think that really helps Arkansas to where uh, I think most people will probably feel like Arkansas will finish no worse than fourth. But they could finish second if everything falls into place the right way, too. 
All right. So, um, so you already brought up the schedule a little bit here. And as I look down the schedule, it seems a little, a little wonky to me and maybe you can help us out here. Uh, I mean, so starting off the season uh, against UC and then you have South Carolina week two, which seems mm-hmm. different. Uh, and then there's, but they don't have an away game until October 8th. Well, the technically because uh, the Texas A&M game is actually being played in Arlington. Texas. Okay. So it's not a road. It's technically a road game, but it's a neutral side game. So yes, they do play away from home, but their first true legitimate road game is not until then. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That's, that's not noted on what I'm looking at. So that, that makes sense here, but then it's, it's total of five ranked teams on the schedule to start out. So what, what do you, what do you see here? Just, I don't know with the uh, the way the schedule shakes out. Is this something that plays into Arkansas's favor, or or what? What's your thoughts on the schedule overall? Well, you know, last year when you went eight and four, you had the, a much, much, much tougher SEC schedule last year uh, because of all your toughest games were on the road, and you played Georgia. Like it, it was as difficult, but your non-conference was a little easier last year. You had Texas, but you had Rice, you had Georgia. Uh, I think it was jo- uh, Georgia Southern. I believe is who they played. And uh, also UAPB, like it, so, the non-conference was much easier. So it's almost like where the non-conference is down here, conference is up here. Last year, now it's kind of I think evened out where the non-conference is much more difficult this year because you play not only Cincinnati game one, but you have to go to BYU later in the year, and they're a good team. And you also have to play Missouri State, which it's funny because Bobby Petrino makes his return to Fayetteville since he's the coach of Missouri State. And then Liberty with Hugh Free. So, I mean, you got some guys with an experience there. So the non-conference is much tougher, but the conference schedule is much easier than last year because not only do you not have to play Georgia, but you get Bama, LSU, Ole Miss, and South Carolina all at home where A&M, that game in Arlington is always a a crapshoot. But then your road games is Mississippi State, and Auburn and Missouri, where Auburn and Missouri could end up being bad this year. You just never know. So, and Mississippi State, you just don't really know there, too. But the point is, is like the schedule, I think this year sets up more favorably for Arkansas because there's no doubt they play better at home, just like a lot of teams do. And you get uh, your toughest games at home besides BYU. That's the only one that's that's your toughest game you're not going to get. So I think it's better for Arkansas schedule this year than what it was last year. And then, you know, going off of last year or, you know, ever going off of spring ball or, or, or they call it fall camp, but more like summer camp. But just what do you what do Bearcats fans or what is anyone watching Arkansas when they're watching them? You know, what's can you give us a heads up on what do you think they do well or do the best as a as a football team? Well, the one thing that, you know, with Sam Pittman, because Sam Pittman's an offensive line coach by nature, they're going to be physical. I know that's cliche to say in, in most regards, but it's a, it's a truth. It's that Arkansas physically and mentally, they are tough. They like to, they like to go out there and they just go play ball. They're, you know, there's nothing flashy about them. There's nothing, you know, really, uh, you know, anything that they're going to finesse or try to, you know, do anything crazy. It's more just line up, get physical and get after it. And so you can guarantee that offensively, Arkansas with an offensive line, they're going to pave the way. And they got some really good running backs. And KJ Jefferson, who led the team in rushing last year, is a phenomenal uh, dual threat quarterback. So that's the thing I think they're going to do really well. The passing game will be really good again, I believe. But this offense is going to be based on the rushing attack. And I think that it's that's going to be what Arkansas has to do to win games. And I think they will. And defensively, 
they have to they have to replace a lot. You know, they have to replace their entire defensive line from last year, which could be a good thing or a bad thing because the D line wasn't great last season, mm-hmm. but it was good. So it could be better, but it could be the same. That's a big. That's probably the biggest mystery on the team. But at linebacker, you lost a couple of guys, but you added Drew Sanders, who is a five star player who started at Alabama many games last year. So you get him in. You get uh, a couple of cornerbacks that you lost. Well, you uh, replaced them with guys from other SEC schools that started at their respective schools last year. You have Jalen Catalan, who was hurt last year. He's a preseason All-American. He's going to be back full health this year, too. So that defense is really what's kind of the the big question mark. But Barry Odom, they're always going to be solid. Like, they may not be a shut-down defense, but they'll be a bend and not break. They'll do enough to keep you honest. And and honestly, if you're Cincinnati, or really anybody – uh, the way you're going to, to beat Arkansas is you're just going to have to, you know, completely and totally get their offense out of rhythm. You know, get a lot of three and outs, get you know, maybe cause some turnovers, have them beat themselves is essentially uh, the way that they do it. Because if you find a way to, because that was what Arkansas was so good at last year, they didn't turn the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. And so if you get into a game where Arkansas is having success at running the ball, they're not making mistakes as far as turning the ball over or getting a lot of penalties. Uh, it, it could it could be uh, it could be pretty bad for some teams. It just kind of depends on what the other team does, but that's kind of the thing that they do really well. So, sort of the opposite question here, and, and you you might have hinted on it already, but so if if uh, you have strengths, you have weaknesses. Is there a, a unit or something that the team you might consider it their weakness or the, or maybe even an unknown or something like that? I think defensive line, uh, as, as I put it to you earlier, just because, again, last year you didn't have a great defensive line. It was fine, but it wasn't great. And then you fired your defensive line coach because he couldn't recruit. He, he wasn't recruiting. They didn't get any players in that they were supposed to, so they had to bring in Deke Adams as a D-line coach who has a lot of experience in the SEC, but he's kind of had to get a bunch of transfers and bring them in, and some of them were highly regarded, highly recruited. Other guys – you know, we're kind of like guys from they got a guy from Arkansas State. They got a guy from Georgia Tech. It's like they could be able to add something in there, but uh, it, it's just it's an unknown. It's an uncertainty where that's the weakness of it all. All the other positions, you pretty much know what you're getting like quarterback's going to be great. Running back's going to be great. Offensive line's going to be great. Wide receiver, even though you lost Traylon Burks, who was incredible, like an all time great wide receiver. You replaced him with a lot of great wide receivers, I think, are, that are doing great in fall camp, as we've been hearing. Secondary is probably going to be your strength on defense. Linebacker, you're even going to be better at just as far as tackling and pursuit angles and all that. So D-line to me is definitely the biggest uh, issue at this point in time. And as we know in the SEC or really in any major college football, if you don't have great trench play, then you're you're not going to have too much success. So that to me would be the biggest question mark. All right, well, let's stay on the the defensive side of the ball here. And for for Bearcats fans or anyone watching Arkansas football this year, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, when when the Razorbacks are playing D, what are some players or numbers that we need to watch out for, sort of the playmakers on the the defensive side? Well, as I mentioned, Jalen Catalan, number one. He's the safety back there. He's a headhunter. Now he's gotten better at his targeting because we know that that's a that's a big problem so if he it's in a targeting situation then it's going to be bad news but uh he without a doubt is the best defensive player on Arkansas right now he's just got the most experience he, he he's he's ball hawking he's just what you want in an all-american safety uh he's number one so you got to watch for him bumper pool is the other guy he's at linebacker this is his fifth year at Arkansas he's going to be end up being the leading tackler in Razorback history uh, because he's only about 26 tackles short, assuming he stays healthy. But he's he's kind of the big 
constant. Like he's not going to probably be a guy that gets drafted high in the NFL or anything like that, but he's just a solid veteran SEC player. And he's always going to be in on tackles and he, he leads the team in tackles. Most cases, uh, I probably see him uh, being a big part of it too. But the guy I'm really excited about is the other linebacker next to him, Drew Sanders, uh, who is the transfer from Alabama. Uh, again, he was a coming out of high school. He was a five-star player. He's the number one player in the state of Texas. And so if you're the number one player in the state of Texas, that's something. And I've just been hearing raves about him in practice where it, it's him getting to the, getting to the quarterback effectively. Whenever they sit, send blitzes, he's back there each and every time. And I think that just having, cause Arkansas didn't really have a pass rusher of an effective one last year. So if they can count on him to be that guy this year and just put pressure on the quarterbacks, uh, that's going to open up pretty much every other position. But those are really the three guys that uh, I would be looking at the most. There could be some other guys that step up and, and find some ways to to make some plays. But uh, that's those are definitely the three that when you think of Razorback defense, you're going to be looking for. All right. So let's let's uh, same question, but on the other side of the other side of the ball, you've uh, you've sort of already talked about you expect big things from the from the offense. Who's the who's the playmakers, the the, the guys that's going to put the points on the board that we need to watch out for? Well, it's number one, KJ Jefferson, the quarterback. Uh, he was a guy last year that threw for twenty five hundred yards. Uh, had, I think it was like 25 touchdowns and only four interceptions on the year, something to that extent. I know he only threw four picks. And what's funny is that his four interceptions he threw, uh, two of them were just incredible plays by a defender. And one of them was a Hail Mary before halftime against Ole Miss. So he just doesn't throw picks a lot. He's a very smart quarterback with his decision-making. And he's as athletic as any quarterback you'll ever see. It's going to come down to him. And that's what makes Razorback fans so excited. Like if they didn't have KJ Jefferson this year, there'd be a lot of concern about how good this team could be, but he's, he's the number one guy. He's got a cannon of an arm. He's a big bodied guy. He's, he's about like the size of Cam Newton was in college. Not trying to say he's as good, but just saying he's built like him. And so it, it starts with him. I think rocket Sanders, the running back sophomore from last year, number five in the backfield heard huge things about him uh, during fall camp and his development. He's got speed. He actually was a wide receiver coming out of high school, but converted to running back. And he's just taken on the position as a sheer athlete. So I expect big things out of him. And then the guy that hasn't played a down for Arkansas in a real game, but I have just been hearing everything about is the wide receiver, Matt Landers. He's a guy that was at Georgia originally, then transferred to Akron and now has transferred into Arkansas. And he's, he's six, five, 210 pounds. And every cornerback, every wide receiver, every coach, everybody in fall camp is saying like, this dude is legitimate. He, he is big time. So between him and Jaden Hazelwood, who's another transfer. He's also a former five-star player. He came from Oklahoma at the wide receiver position, led Oklahoma in touchdown receptions and receptions last year. Uh, I think that both those guys could really be a good combo. So, yeah, those are just the ones that I think that people are expecting big things out of this year. Okay, that's that's good stuff. I mean, and a couple of guys that you mentioned here, it sounds like they have they might have like all for all team first names this year uh rocket was that yeah. i hear that correctly right. yeah yeah his name is actually raheem sanders but okay. uh it's just he's always gone by rocket and so i'm like if you're gonna have a name like rocket you better be fast and he simply has that speed to go along with his nickname i respect that i like that a lot very good very good stuff john uh and so i think i know the answer to this question but whenever i do preview episodes like this i always ask it um but so which side of the ball do you trust the most for arkansas to win you the game so if if you had to pick either the offense to get a touchdown in the last seconds or the defense to get a stop 
it sounds like you're go- you'd probably pick the offense. Am I right in assuming that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you know, even last year, um, there were times where the defense, <laughs> you know, they again, it's been a not break. They do a lot of great things, and I still, I, I expect the defense to be better this year than what it was last year overall. But there were just times you could tell it's like they they gave up some plays, they gave up some times downfield, or at least put some guys in field goal position. Mississippi State was one of those games. Ole Miss was one of those games. Like it happened. But the thing that people forget or maybe not don't understand is that KJ Jefferson uh, against Mississippi State had about a minute and a half to lead a touchdown drive for seventy five yards, and he did and won the game. Uh, against Ole Miss, he had less than a minute to go seventy yards down the field for a touchdown to try to tie the game or potentially win it. And he did it on the last second. Now Arkansas went for a two point conversion, missed out on it and ended up losing. I still think it was the right call, but when the game was, has been on the line and the ball's been in KJ Jefferson's hands, it was only twice that happened last year and both times he delivered. So I feel like offense is definitely something that I feel better about them being in a chance. If, if they have the ball in their hand and they have to have a touchdown or a field goal or whatever, to win the game, tie the game, or whatever, late in the fourth quarter, I'm going to feel pretty good about Arkansas's chances. All right, very cool. Very good. So, John, tell us, so uh, there are some, I don't know exactly how many or, or compared to, to years past what it will look like, but there are uh, a decent amount of Bearcats fans headed south for the game. Anything that, any sort of pointers that you would give them about the stadium or the atmosphere or interacting with Arkansas fans, what's, what's some advice you would give Bearcats fans going to the game? Well, uh, just know that if anybody says anything to you, don't take it personally. That's, that'd be number one. Like, it's just, uh, I'm sure that it's like some way like that in where Cincinnati's at too, but in the SEC, people just talk trash. Like, it's it's all in fun. Like, no one's, like, actually being mean. So, if anyone says anything to you, just say something back and move on. Like, it's just all in fun. So, never take anything personally would be that for one. Um, the, the hog call will be interesting to see how Cincinnati fans react to that when everyone's saying woo pig suey in the stands. Uh, that'll that'll be a, something that they've uh, not encountered. Although Arkansas and Cincinnati play each other in basketball last year up in Kansas City, True. so uh, that's I guess maybe they got a little taste of that there. I was actually at that game too. So, uh, but maybe there's that. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, for those making the trip, um, I think people are really going to be blown away about how beautiful Northwest Arkansas is. Like I know that it's not a place of destination where people go all the time. You know, and that's not like oh, you know, you think about the the finest places to go on vacation doesn't get mentioned, but. I I'm from Fayetteville originally, and I take pride in it that I know that uh, every single year it gets voted as a top five place to live, you know, just because of the, of the, the great place, the great people um, it's right there in the Ozark mountains. So it's got a lot of mountains around and green around it. So I think uh, people are going to be really impressed by the beauty of uh, Northwest Arkansas and uh, the stadium, the fans and the atmosphere. I think that they're really going to be in for a treat. I think, I think they're going to enjoy regardless of the outcome. I think it'll be a trip worth taking for those Cincinnati fans that are taking the trip. Very cool. Very cool. Along those same lines, uh, you know, something that I'm always interested in when I'm, when I'm traveling, is there a bar or a brewery that you would recommend in Fayetteville? Well, uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, Honestly, though, just go to Dixon Street. That's where everything's at, you know, kind of right there next to campus. It's kind of the party scene. Uh, It's a lot of of college kids, but a lot of just people in general. There's a lot of different bars to choose from there. Uh, The biggest one down there on Dixon Street is called JJ's. It's a sports bar. Love that place. Just a bunch of TVs, bunch of fans, very casual, just a good old fashioned sports bar right smack in the middle of Dixon Street. So uh, JJ's is great. 
Um, you know, there, there's a lot of other places like, uh, I know people like going to Sassy's. It's a kind of a barbecue spot, kind okay. of a, a sports bar vibe. They have a place called uh, Foghorns. That's a, it's like a wing place. Um, that's kind of close to campus too. It's a cool bar. So if you're always looking for like sports bars, casual stuff like that, those places are really great. Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, like restaurants and everything goes, I would, if people are looking for like good food, like not necessarily just for a bar, but like good food and, and place, if you can get into a place called Hugo's or a place that I've always loved and, and it's, uh, cause it's got great burgers, but it's always kind of, it's like a down in a like basement type of area. Like, so sometimes it can be kind of difficult to get into, but that place is great. And then if they want a good steak, Doe's Steakhouse on Dixon Street, it's one of the best steaks you'll ever have. Uh, so uh, I, I would recommend some of those places, but you can't go wrong. Like I said, if you're on Dixon Street, all the restaurants are great. All the bars are great. Just kind of depends on what kind of scene you like. But I would recommend staying in that area and you'll get plenty of uh, places. Oh, and if you want pizza, go to Tim's Pizza. Tim's okay. Pizza has got some good stuff there, too. Very good. Very good. I, I appreciate the insight. Can't get this anywhere else. Right. So that's right. Uh, so I got just two questions here for you. Really? It feels like we've moved right along in this, in this interview. Uh, two questions left here. Really? One, of course, I have to ask, do you have an official prediction for the game? Uh, I haven't gotten into my official official prediction, uh, but uh, to be honest, I do think Arkansas wins. And here's the thing. I, I even felt like, if this game was being played later in the year, I would wouldn't like Arkansas's chances as as much. I just know that Arkansas's got a lot of guys returning, and they're the home team. And Cincinnati, I know that they are returning some guys, but they lost a lot of their big time players and and everything. And Luke Fickle's a really good coach. Like obviously, he there you're going to get a challenge. It's not like Arkansas is going to walk in and win forty nine to nothing. Like that's not going to happen. Uh, but I do like Arkansas's chances just because of the early part of the season. It's in Fayetteville. Uh, the atmosphere will be there. But I think it will be a fairly close game. So I am I would say like Arkansas wins by like a 35 to 30 final score somewhere in there, maybe 35-28, just pretty close, possibly a one-possession game, uh, but uh, a really good matchup between both teams. Last I saw, I thought I think the line was six. The spread was six or something yeah, like that. Yeah, six, seven points. Score. Yeah, somewhere yeah, in so there. Right in there then. That's – that's completely fair. I think the the quarterback question for the Bearcats is is certainly not um, not a great question to have week one on the road in the SEC. So we'll see That's what right. happens. Uh, optimistic, but cautious optimism nonetheless uh, on this end. So last question here, sort of a broader college football question, uh, is crazy as and unexpected as expansion has been for for conference realignment or relegation or whatever you want to call it uh where do you see the sec going next and do you have a preference on, on where they go or do they need to go anywhere i mean i think eventually they're going to have to like they say that not now but if they start getting other teams and other conferences and they feel like okay well maybe we need to add some more uh but honestly the thing about the sec is they've been always been very selective on who they've invited mm -hmm. um at least here in the modern era because when they invited a and missouri like they weren't inviting them because of their great sports prowess. Because let's be honest, AM has been pretty irrelevant uh in most sports for the for the like they haven't won championships, you know, hand over fist, and Missouri hasn't been relevant. They added them because of television markets, because you got a big Texas team with that market, mm -hmm. you got the Missouri market. That's why they added them. And then Texas and Oklahoma, when they asked if they could join the SEC, 
the brands are so big within themselves. They're like, yeah, absolutely. You're going to join. So they're, they're very selective. So I think that I don't think they add anybody, but if they did, I would, I would say possibly adding a Miami, you know, because of the, 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 that market down there and the, in the U is still a pretty big brand and you can make sense out of it. I could see them doing that. I could see them maybe trying to do a, uh, I know they want to get in the North Carolina market, but like the Charlotte market, I just don't know what that would look like. Would that be adding North Carolina? Maybe. But I mean, is North Carolina going to leave a conference and not have Duke in the conference in basketball? Like, you know, how that how does that go? Then they're not going to add NC State because it feels like it's kind of the third school there or Wake Forest or something like that. So uh, but I think that if they add anybody, it'll only be two more teams. I, I could see Miami. I think Clemson's really interesting, you know, if they could find a way to pull it off just because mm-hmm. of the the big brand that they have too. Or who knows, maybe it would be a team that, you know, we, we're not even thinking about. I always felt like personally, though, I would love to see West Virginia in the SEC because if you feel like a team that fits culturally where it's just like like good old-fashioned country, redneck, tailgate, partying, you know, small-town feel to it, I, I feel like, and that's not an insult. That's like, that's a welcoming thing. Like, I think West Virginia would, fit perfectly into the sec i don't know if they'd ever do that but uh but yeah i think they expand i just don't know what direction specifically but i'd like to see a few of those teams be in there so i've not i've not i've been too nervous to even like mention this idea like speak it out loud so i want to just throw it out to you here real quick and we'll 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 end on this so when oklahoma and texas like they didn't announce like the story was kind of it just sort of broke, mm-hmm. if I understand it correctly, thanks to Texas A&M, someone involved, the beat writer, somewhere here and there. With here's the here's the here's the thought process, right? Texas A&M is so angry about Texas coming to the to the SEC. Would they be inclined to accept an invite from the Big Ten to leave Texas once again? So you're saying would A&M leave to go to the Big Ten if they got invited? Yeah. I right. wish they would, but they won't. <laughs> like, I, I wish they no would way. No, no way. They, no way no. at all. Like, like, I, the, like, the Big Ten is definitely doing big things with their conference and everything. But the lucrativeness of of being in the SEC is that, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's mainly why Texas and Oklahoma wanted to join, too. It's just because this stupid amount of money that's in this conference and it's revenue shared. It's not, mm-hmm. oh, well, if you win a championship, you get the most money. No, what the SEC does is all the bowl money, all the television money, everything, every bit of revenue the conference makes, it's divided up by 14 or in this case will be divided up 16 ways and distributed in the conference. So it's like you could be the like Vanderbilt gets just as much money as Alabama Which every single wild. year. Yeah. Wild. But, but that's what makes the sec so great is because it's not just dominated. I know Bama has won in football, but you know, it's not just like where one team is dominating most of the sports because they have most support, most money and everything like Vanderbilt's a joke in football, but they got a great baseball program. Mm-hmm. You know, you think Kentucky is, is getting better in football, but they're not great, but they got a great basketball program. Like, uh, you know, there, there's just a lot of those things where programs may not be good in one sport, but they're really good in other sports. And that's because of just the revenue share that adds them to have the support for it. So they, the SEC has definitely struck gold with the way they do things. I, I like no one's leaving the SEC unless they get kicked out, which I don't think that nobody's going to get kicked out. But if it's like a choice, unless, unless like AM just is that stupid, which I mean, it, there are Aggies, so who knows? But right. 
Um, yeah, no, they're, they ain't leaving. They're, they're staying in it. They may be mad about Texas joining, but they're just going to get over it. Cause Hey, we were mad when Texas A&M joined and we got over it. So it's just the way it goes. All right. I was just, you know, you try to predict like the next crazy thing that's happening and who would have thought that UCLA and USC were going to travel to Rutgers and Minnesota and whatnot. So, you know, I was like, sort of think something I've been like, you know, pondering over for a while. And I was like, seems crazy enough that it, could happen so yeah well i don't think it's gonna yeah i don't think it's gonna stay that way though i think i think college football is gonna have all these conferences join each other whatnot and all that but once they just once they get away from the ncaa which i think they will eventually i think you're gonna see a creation of just kind of some some mega conferences where they're gonna still have like like all the teams from the pac-12 maybe a part of the big 10 but they're just gonna play each other like as part of a division almost so like i think that it's just gonna be a, a bigger picture thing going forward so i don't think it's going to stay this way where i don't think usc is going to be playing in piscataway new jersey a lot hopefully not they don't want to do that but i think i think it's just kind of the next step to to getting away from the ncaa all right good stuff john john i appreciate you coming on the go beer cats podcast any any parting words or anything it's it's been great definitely good insight for uh, bearcats fans and i appreciate you coming on the podcast yeah absolutely we just hope that everybody makes the trip enjoys fayetteville it's going to be a great time should be a great game and uh, hopefully you'll get to see a really great atmosphere too. Should be a fun one. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate it. And then, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll talk some trash online during the game or something. So there you go. That's maybe always we fun, can. right? All right. That's right. That's appreciate right. it, John. You have a good weekend. You as well. Again, I want to thank John for coming on. Good stuff there. Seemed to me like the interview went quick. I don't know about you, but, uh, Throughout a, a bunch of great stuff. Obviously, you can tell he's well-versed in, in Razorback football. Hopefully, the Bearcats can travel down deep into SEC country and take and bring home the W this weekend. I hope to see, out the, uh, see you out at the Delhi Liquor Store to watch the game with me, Twisted Greek, and a bunch of Bearcats fans. Come on out. It's sure to be a good time. I'll leave you with this. Cheers, and go Bearcats. <laughs>